0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 1922. Today, I'm continuing the Hope series, this time looking at Attack of the Clones, but instead of the way we've done these past four episodes, I'm gonna take a look at Hope from a different perspective on this one. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razer, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Yes, it is episode 5 in the Hope series and this time I'm looking at Attack of the Clones, as I said. But, you know, here's the thing that occurred to me as I was re-watching Attack of the Clones. Of course, this movie is not what you would call a hopeful one, and in fact, the prequel era trilogy is not intended to be a hopeful one. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It is depicting the fall of the Galactic Republic and the rise of the Galactic Empire, which is definitely not a good thing from a certain point of view. And so, partially inspired by the notion of Justin Bulger, who is the marketing manager for ILMX Lab and a huge Palpatine slash Galactic Empire fan, I decided to take a look at this whole situation from the other side's perspective. Because after all, hope is not necessarily limited to being a good guy emotion. It is also a bad guy emotion too. Bad guys have hopes for the world, for their own lives, and for the lives of other people, too. It starts, I think, overall, with Count Dooku in this movie, and yes, of course, he is a pawn, as we all know, but that being said, he's the one who expresses the major idea from the bad guy's side in this movie, and he even manages to do it in a way that you kind of think it could be a good guy thing, but it's also the most brazen telling of truth and utter and complete falsehood you could imagine when he has Obi-Wan Kenobi and he says what if I told you that hundreds of senators are now under the sway of a Sith Lord and that the entire Senate is basically in his thrall that Newt Gunray had been working with this guy Darth Sidious until he was betrayed ten years ago and Newt Gunray went to Count Dooku looking for help as a result And then Dooku drops the Whopper on Obi-Wan. He says, join me, and together we can defeat the Sith. So, this is the hope that Dooku is expressing, and yes, we know that this is a false hope, you know, in the audience here, but... How does Obi-Wan react to it? He of course says, I'm never joining you, but whether he actually believes Dooku is another question and it kind of brings to light a couple of things to consider about the nature of hope. First of all, how belief is a component in hope right if you are desiring a different outcome for you know where things are in your life and your situations now and you have an expectation that it's possible then hope can flower If you don't have the expectation that this is possible, then your choice to maintain hope is to reframe. In other words, well, if I can't be hopeful about this particular outcome, then maybe there is a different outcome about which I could be hopeful. And that's actually going to play into the movie later. But first, let's talk about that other villain, Nuke Gunray, right? At the end of The Phantom Menace, he was captured, and that as they say was that, or at least so we thought, Here we are in Attack of the Clones ten years later, and we find out from Sao Bibble, who was the governor of Naboo and part of the Royal Advisory Council, as we talked about previously, he informs everyone watching, as well as Amidala and Queen Jamila, that Newt Gunray has been put on trial four times and has not been convicted and is probably the person behind these assassination attempts on Padme Amidala in the movie. So despite getting hung out to dry by Darth Sidious, Newt has managed to put up his own kind of fight and fallen in with Count Dooku, who is actually helping him hopefully achieve his own goals and aims, which include seeing Padme Amidala's head on his desk, very evocative, and pledging his support to Count Dooku if Dooku can help him in that regard. Thus, despite all the odds, he is still finding a way to keep his hopes alive. And they suffer another setback by the end of Attack of the Clones. And it seems like the bad guys are suffering a setback in general, especially when the clones show up and the Geonosians are in full retreat. Their warriors have to go hide in the catacombs and the droid armies are trying to escape as best they can. Dooku says, you know, give me the plans for this new ultimate weapon. I will make sure that they're safe with my master on Coruscant. And suddenly you start to go, hmm, this is not a good thing. Because the last time we saw Darth Sidious, he was on Coruscant with Darth Maul. So the fact that Count Dooku, aka Lord Tyrannus, is heading back to Coruscant to meet his master, suddenly you think to yourself, oh man, this is not good. And... The hope for the bad guys becomes incredibly high when you see that final scene after Dooku gets to Coruscant. He lands in a factory in the Works District and meets up with Darth Sidious, and it turns out that everything is going according to their plan. So New Gunray thinks things went badly. Archduke Poggle the Lesser thinks things are going badly. That would be, of course, the Geonosian leader. Dooku makes it seem like everything is going badly, but it turns out that he is playing everyone on behalf of Darth Sidious. But whereas the Nemoidians, Nuke Gunray, and so on, in the Trade Federation, and the Geonosians all think that the ultimate result of the first Battle of Geonosis was a bad thing, the good guys, particularly Yoda and the Jedi Council... Also think that this wasn't a good thing either, but for different reasons and for clearer-eyed reasons. When Obi-Wan says, I have to admit, you know, without the clones, it wouldn't have been a victory. And Yoda says, victory, you say? The Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen over us and begun the Clone War has. He knows how bad this situation really is, or at least he thinks he knows how bad it is. He doesn't know about... The fact that Darth Sidious is manipulating this thing, he certainly knows that Count Dooku has fallen to the dark side and is all about lies and deceptions now. So, yeah, he doesn't necessarily say he's a Sith Lord, just that it's the dark side and that's never a good thing. And so, ultimately, Attack of the Clones is a hopeful movie for exactly... Two people and two people only, and that would be Darth Sidious, a.k.a. Sheev Palpatine, and Lord Tyrannus, a.k.a. Count Dooku. There are a couple of other notable expressions of hope that I want to call to your attention, which I will do after the break here, so stay tuned. (laughs) Before I get into those last two notable mentions of hope or expressions of hope, I do want to go back to something that I mentioned before the break that I didn't yet revisit. And that was the notion of if you believe that you know, the thing you're hoping for can't be achieved, then one of your options is to reframe your expectation, to reframe what you are going to invest your hope in. And in this particular case, the one that I was thinking of is Yoda deciding to go to Kamino and get the clones because he ultimately realizes that he's not going to be able to avoid the fight that's about to come. And with what's going on on Geonosis, well... You know, the Jedi are going to go there, but they already know from Obi-Wan's transmission that very bad things are happening on Geonosis. And so the only way that they're going to be able to intervene in the moment is to bring the clones into the action. And you could argue that this was the wrong choice on Yoda's part. But really, talk about being in between a rock and a hard place. And if you don't know how the future is going to unfold, well, you just got to take your best shot at it, right? I mean, Mace Windu told the Chancellor previously that they were peacekeepers, not soldiers. That was when he was trying to explain why they wouldn't be able to fight a war on Naboo against the Trade Federation in The Phantom Menace. But already this separatist threat and thousands of star systems allying with this new confederacy, it's creating its own set of problems and the Jedi are already being described as overwhelmed right at the opening crawl of this movie. So how is Yoda going to decide what the best possible solution is? I mean, yeah, ultimately you either you know, let the Republic fall to a ton of battle droids, like ones that are being built by the Techno Union in addition, in addition to the ones that are being built by the Trade Federation. It's going to overwhelm everyone, and is that a good thing, or do you need to try to defend it? Ultimately, Yoda makes the decision to bring the clones in and defend it, and yeah, I think that's an argument for the history books about how that ultimately turned out. But, It isn't just that simple because nobody realized that there was a Sith Lord manipulating the whole situation. At least not until it was too late. (sighs) So yeah, there's that. And then, as far as those notable expressions of hope, well, one of them has to do with the investment in the Senate. Once again, this is another situation where, as opposed to investing hope in one particular person, hope is invested more diffusely in the prequel era movies. In this particular case, uh, it's a question about whether there's any hope that the Senate can resolve the crisis that's happening with this separatist movement. And Sayo Bibble is the one who's expressing the fear that it ain't gonna work. It's Queen Jamila who says that the day we stop believing democracy can work is the day that we lose it and so that is you know basically a step removed it's not a direct expression of hope per se but it is a direct expression of belief in the power of democracy to handle this particular situation and therefore it is an expression of hope in a more diffuse sense. Now there's one other grimmer one and it has to do with the fate of Shmi Skywalker. It comes from the mouth of Kleeg Lars, who ruefully tells Anakin how about a month ago she was out in the morning Shmi was picking mushrooms off the moisture evaporators and the Tusken Raiders kidnapped her. They sent 30 men after them to try to get her back, but only four of them returned and Kleeg was gravely wounded in the attempt. And as a side note, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you might have heard the episode I did where I talked about the number 30 and its use in the Star Wars movies. It's actually used in almost a bit of a mythological context. For example, or as a comparative... There are some interpretations of the Bible that suggest when you hear the number 40, i.e. when Moses was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, that the number 40 is not meant to be taken literally, that it's sort of a metaphor for being out for a long time. And the number 30 is used in Star Wars in a number of occasions where it can have sort of a, you know, mythological storytelling context, i.e. 30 rebel ships are the ones that blew up the Death Star in A New Hope. But back to Klieg saying that he thinks there's little hope that Shmi has survived this long. It's hard to say whether Anakin actually hopes that she is still alive or senses that she is still alive or whether he is just deciding that he's going to go find out what her fate is regardless of the situation. But let's circle back to Klee Lars and him saying that there's very little hope that Shmi has survived this long. Naturally, Anakin hears that and he says, I'm going to go save my mother. He apparently, based on that expression, thinks that she is still alive. And whether he thinks that's the case or whether through the force he can sense that's the case, we don't necessarily know for sure. But as an audience, the expression experience that we have is that, you know, very odd expression that we've talked about in previous episodes of hoping against hope, which actually means hoping against expectation. We've been told that the odds are very slim and yet, and yet we are holding out hope that a good outcome can still happen. Unfortunately, as we all know, that doesn't go very well at all. What Anakin does, though, is really interesting from a hope perspective because he reframes once he faces the fact that the hope that he has as it stands is not going to be fulfilled, that he's not going to be able to save his mother. He reframes to his new situation. He decides that he's going to become the most powerful Jedi there's ever been and that he is going to become so powerful that he will even be able to stop death. And that is going to do it for my look at hope as it's expressed in Attack of the Clones. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it and for this whole series as well. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be